This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, October 2nd, 2020, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, it's author and podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Hey, guys. <laughs> it's the fall. It's crisp outside, and Derek's feeling frisky. So. I'm, feeling, I'm feeling good today. Everything is beautiful. Uh, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, uh, our friend Andy Minio, rapper Andy Minio, uh, joins us. Uh, we we catch gang, up with him. Gang, gang, gang. <laughs> we catch up with him about how he's kept his mental health up the last few months, and we also get a first look at his new project that's in the works. So stay tuned for that. Derek, tell us some behind the scenes. Tell us something about Andy that we don't know. Your friends, you guys go way back. Andy is... Andy is an anomaly in this sense because he's literally one of the funniest people you'll meet. And uh, when next time you talk to him, you have to ask him to do impressions. Like he is literally an impressionist. But then at the same time, he's also pretty... He's very, very introspective and deep. So... You're going to, any conversation you have with him is going to be funny. And he's also going to hit you with something that's going to make you say, dang, okay. Wow. What's, that's that's deep. You know what I mean? What's his go-to impression? <laughs> oh, man. He got so many. He like, seems he, like he's a De Niro guy. Like he could yeah. whip out a good De Niro. Any, any Italian person is in the yeah. bag. Just letting yeah. you know that now. I mean, yeah. he's Italian. Yeah. So any Italian <laughs> person is in the bag. Just, just pick one. But dude, we were on this uh, trip to Israel and he literally impersonated the guide of the trip at dinner in front of everybody. And it was perfect. My homeboy, Sammy Lopez, he literally just impersonated him at dinner in front of everybody. Exactly how he, I'm talking about demeanor, voice, everything. So it's like next time you get a chance, just ask him to do an impression. bro. Like, next time we interview him, we should interview him as somebody. Someone else. Yes, that's yes. good. That's the, yeah. that's the answer. That's the answer. <laughs> I like it. I, where do you guys, uh, Cameron, I know where you fall in this. And I feel like this is a forgotten art. And like, I I wish it was, I, I think it's like the digital era has changed this a lot. And what I'm talking about is prank calling. I loved mm. prank calling. And I loved like in the glory days when you could just turn on morning radio and it's like, it's nine o'clock prank time. And it was like somebody <laughs> doing a funny impression, calling like a mechanic or something, oh. you know? And it was just, it was glorious. And I feel like cell phones have kind of ruined that a little, yep. you know, because no one answers calls they don't recognize. <laughs> but I still think, you know, I, if I was someone like Andy who could do impressions, I already can't help myself. I, 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 oh. I if, if I'm with friends and they're like, hey, let's do a prank call, I'm like, all right. And I'll just keep dialing till someone answers and we'll just <laughs> run with it. Dude, have like you just seen random numbers? Yeah, it's a lot of times random numbers are, are uh, now like kind of hard because uh, you know people don't want to answer. Just I like literally rando. send every random call to voicemail. So. Yeah, and, yeah, me but, too. Yeah. But what I do is how Google like one eight hundred calls, like uh, you know, like weird sales stuff, and just like start complaining about weird things. For the pro- those are the only people who pick up because they have to, and that's how desperate it's gotten. But I feel like I feel like if I had the skills of an impressionist, I would probably do it a 
lot more because nothing like Jesse, I got it on that tip. Okay, so I hate prank calls. I hate them. You know this. I, I can't. I, what? There's you a local hate morning prank calls. You there, hate there, super. Who hurts you, bro? Like, there's a local morning. There's a or there's a radio station that I listen to because I like their music. But their morning zoo crew, they uh, yes. they do a Carmen call. Like they, this character Carmen prank calls people is the most cringeworthy, horrible. I hate it. So I, I don't listen to their morning show. I just can't handle it. But Jesse. Have you seen this kind of TikTok challenge thing that's going around where there's certain like comedians and personalities that are known for doing impressions and people will challenge them to do something as a character? Exactly okay. what you're talking about. Yeah. I saw one two days ago. I just sent the click to, uh, clip to Clark. I want him to play it. Somebody asked this kid to get a gym membership as Kevin Hart. <laughs> so this is a comedian. Oh my gosh. I love it. Calling a gym. Ask Kevin Hart, play the clip, uh, Clark. It's a minute long. It's worth the whole thing. Get a gym membership as Kevin Hart. Let's do it. Here we go. Thank you for calling O2 Fitness. Press one for new members. calling O2 Fitness Racing Rob. This is Ebony. How may I direct your call? I was actually hoping to talk to someone about a gym membership. Yo! <laughs> okay, Ebony, this is Kevin Hart. I'm in town for the weekend. Um, I was actually thinking about getting a gym membership, just some short term. I don't need nothing long, maybe like two or three days. I'm only in town for a few days, so I'm actually gonna fly out soon. So I was actually thinking, what, like, do you guys do celebrity discounts? Celebrity discounts? Yes, ma'am. Um, Come on, well, Ebony, it's have... Kevin Hart. Me and you, I, I, I know you already feel the vibe. Oh, my... my gosh. Is this Kevin Hart for real? This is actually <laughs> Kevin Hart. I wouldn't lie about that. Oh, my God. I think it's Kevin Hart. It is Kevin oh, Hart. How you doing? Is it's him. Oh, my gosh. It is. It is. How you doing? It's him. I'm I love, swear to God, I love you. Can you, can, you re- can you repeat that one more time? Oh, so my gosh. Oh, he murdered Dude. that. That's crazy. This kid looks like he's in college or something. It's just so funny to see the, the wrong voice too. come out of his face. Yeah, yeah he nailed it. Yeah. He, nailed he it. did if, nail it, it, but this is why it makes me anxious. Like, maybe you, Cameron. Did you hear how excited that girl was? Yeah, but see, <laughs> was but, like, hey, her whole day was made, and it's a lie. But that, it doesn't matter. That her whole day fine. was made. Hard stop. But see, welcome to America. Because it's almost as exciting to be like, I got called by Kevin Hart on the phone to be like, I got called by someone who sounds yeah. exactly like Kevin Hart. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, that, but see, that type, that didn't make me cringe. The ones that make me cringe are the ones where like they make the person feel bad or they're like complaining about something or lying to them. You know what I mean? This was so just her funny. day was made. That was good. Right. He brought some joy to the world. All right. He did. Okay. Uh, before we move on, I want to do one thing, uh, make an announcement. Today's show. No politics. <laughs> Just want, want the listener to know. We have a plan for the content and none of it involves politics. So those of y'all who are tired of us, you know, having certain opinions is a politics free show. Big it was babies. Happy Friday. Big it's babies. Almost like, it's almost like there's too much politics news this week. It was just so, like almost like like shell shock so it's just like there was political news this week did i miss something (laughs) (laughs) i do have one question about politics kind of and i'm not going to talk about politics but i have one question you guys i don't ever watch saturday night live but it's back on right yeah this yeah yeah when i was watching a certain political thing this week that we're not going to talk about (laughs) the whole time i kept thinking i can't wait to watch saturday night live on saturday night that's all i kept thinking you know you know know, jim carrey is going to be biden now oh yeah. yeah yes 
I just you, need you, to know how who, how Chris Wallace is going to do on Saturday night, uh, and that's it. <laughs> uh, you know, they're having interestingly, they're they're going to have a live studio audience. So I was reading about you yeah. know they're doing oh, wow. they're they're going to do test. So I guess they're going to have like nine person bubbles within the crowd, and everyone has to be like masked up. And I guess they're administering uh, you know nasal uh, coronavirus test before the people can enter. I, evidently, it's a pretty quick turnaround on the test they have. Um, and uh, but the cool thing is they're offering the first batch of tickets to frontline health workers so that they can uh, come to the show. I so, love that. So, yeah. That's a, so that's a, they're going to fall asleep because they're going to all be exhausted from all the <laughs> they're tired. They're working they so hard. <laughs> it's a late show. You know, it's late. It is. It is a late. It is a, <laughs> SNL is one of those things where you know, a lot of people are like, you know, they don't like that 1 a.m. Like the stuff that comes on right before 1 a.m. That's like, all right, I guess we'll squeeze this weirdo one in there. You know, it, that's it, the best it, one. I love them. Yeah. I love them. I love it when they're really taking a swing. When they, when all the current events, when all the pop culture references are just out of the way, and they're like, "All right, this is about like uh, a person with a hook hand who works at a pizza shop." Go, and it's like, "All right, I'm in, I'm in," and that's that's all I need to hear, you know. All right, we'll move the show along. Stay tuned up next. It's Thought List. Listening to Victor Internet. The song is You Got My. Well, today's show is brought to you by Convoy of Hope. In what feels like the blink of an eye, things got tough this year. Really tough. That's why Convoy of Hope has provided more than 100 million meals to those hit hardest by the pandemic. People who've lost their jobs or are struggling to feed their children, those who can't afford to get sick. To help Convoy in their mission, visit convoyofhope.org slash relevant. That's convoyofhope.org slash relevant. Or use your smart speaker to give today. Any amount is appreciated and will help people who need it most. Your gift to Convoy of Hope uh, will make a difference for so many. Thanks for supporting Convoy as they respond to this crisis and others around the world. And if you can't give today, please keep showing kindness to others. We're going to get through this together. It's convoyofhope.org slash relevant. Okay, it's time for It's the hottest, the It's Sizzlin'. Please welcome to the show our senior editor, Tyler Huckabee, who's going to bring us uh, a few items of what's happening this week at the intersection of faith and culture. Hey, Tyler. Hey, everybody. So the first thing we're going to cover, we're kind of going to go and escalating a uh, uh, <laughs> stories of, of various degrees of, of seriousness and, and gravity, I would say, in this one. And the first one we need to talk about, and, unfortunately, and is... I made an announcement. No politics. That's true. We are, we are, we're taking a breather. We're taking a political breather. Last night, uh, we, we're, com- <laughs> we're coming fresh off of a debate. Uh, and I'm sure there's plenty of chatter if you want to go hear people talk about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, so we want to have something that is, that is quite serious. Um, we do not make it a, a habit to cover every single Christian scandal that happens. Uh, we, we couldn't. Uh, we, we do not have the resources, and I don't think many places oh, do. But, <laughs> but uh, because of some, because the we do cover them when they fall into our lane. And given some of the, given the fact that this has been part of our, we have covered this person in the past. We thought yeah. that it was only fair that we tell the whole story now, uh, and that this concerns the legacy of Ravi Zacharias, the famed Apollo. 
ufologist uh, who passed away a few months ago, passed away in May for after a brief battle with cancer. There have been some sort of rumblings of a scandal over the past few years that have taken place. And I would say that the dam broke earlier this week in a report from Christianity Today. Ravi Zacharias International Ministries opening an investigation into numerous allegations of sexual harassment and misconduct on the part of its late founder. The allegations were made by three massage therapists who worked at the Atlanta area spas, which were actually co-owned by Zacharias. Uh, these massage therapists opened up to Christianity Today about their encounters, saying he touched them inappropriately, he exposed himself, he engaged in a lot of acts. We won't get into all the details here of misconduct over a period of about five years. Uh, the organization has denied these claims in a statement, and they said they've hired a law firm to investigate the allegations, although they did not say which law firm specifically. Um, one of the women told CT that she, that Zacharias asked her to have sex with him twice. Uh, they all said that they, that he spoke to them in ways that made them feel valued and really special at first. And then over time, his friendliness would turn to behavior like unwanted touching. Uh, and they also all said that they were afraid to speak publicly at the time, just given his status as a Christian leader. Uh, one woman said, I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. You have this world renowned evangelist who is being inappropriate. I had no idea what to do. He wasn't just the head of the company. He wasn't just a CEO. He was a Christian leader. Um, and I think this is sort of a, uh, this was buried a little bit deeper in the report, but I think this was a, a very telling part of their story. One of the women said she stopped believing in God after the alleged events, uh, though some counseling has helped her regain some of her faith. Another woman said she hasn't been to church since this happened. A third actually moved away from Atlanta and changed her name. All of them stressed they don't want any attention from this. They don't want any money. They just want their story to be told. Uh, so there's obviously a lot more to the report a very well-sourced uh, report at CT, a really terrific reporting on the part of, of those folks over there, although obviously around an extremely upsetting and very sad story. Yeah. It's tough to comment on. It's, yeah, it is hard to comment. I saw this uh, when I was flying home Tuesday night. I was at the airport, at the airport and pulled it up, and it just kind of took my breath away. And I hate stories like this so much. It just, yeah. like... Y'all know the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram six. I can lead towards fear. And so I see something like this and I just automatically think like, man, who can I even trust? Like, who can we trust? You know, and it's so scary and so difficult. Um, and I think one of the saddest things is what this these women said about how they didn't believe in God anymore and didn't want to go to church. And I think if I could just encourage if there's any other woman listening that is feeling the same way because of something um, that no person here on earth is Jesus. You know, I'm not defending mm -hmm. him by any means. I'm saying for your own sake, like know that um, Jesus is different than any other man. And this is a hard story. It really yeah. shook me up last night when I read, or earlier in the week when I read it. And, and, and I, and I deeply, deeply hope this is another, um, you know, warning sign to any ministry that there should be zero, zero tolerance. For zero. It like, that the, the person is disqualified from ministry, disqualified forever. They they violated a sacred trust, and mm. you know, and that's. I mean, here's you know. Hey, let me let me ask you about that. You said forever, right? Yeah, for ministry, from professional ministry, forever. You don't believe in restoration over time. I believe I believe in restoration, but I believe that uh, leaders who are sexual predators and sexually abuse people. 
are are discounted they, mm. I, you know that they that is a a i'm not saying you know personal i'm not saying they have to be ostracized i'm not saying that they can't have some path to personal restoration but when it's professional ministry i, I don't think I, I think that is something that's a disqualifying factor you know you have mm. someone I you agree. have a woman here who's young in the faith right who who not only now has to suffer the trauma of sexual abuse but and sexual misconduct but also had her you know she was a child in the faith and remember what jesus says if anyone causes one of these little ones those who believe in me to stumble it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea that's what jesus says you, you want to call someone to stumble like that you want to you want to abuse your your trusted position as a minister of jesus christ which he's getting paid for okay he's a professional uh you know minister he, he's an ocu he occupationally does this you know like if i'm a banker and i commit fraud i would hope that no other bank would hire me because i've committed a financial crime he committed a spiritual crime and and like i said if he wants to go pursue some other uh, you know a minister wants to go pursue some other profession after you know penalties have been you know restitution has been made that's fine but we're talking about professional ministry here that mm -hmm. you know he's he's damaging what he's done is damage the 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 faith and, and that that's serious that is really really serious and too many ministries and too many churches don't i my opinion when it comes to sexual misconduct is not enough ministries and churches take it seriously enough mm. so when he was when this when he was accused in two, did you say 2016 tyler uh the, that is correct there have been a few anything? there was a there was a long and sort of complicated i've unpacked it a little bit over at the site uh but an allegation from a few years ago from a a, a sexting scandal that involved him that was eventually settled with a non-disclosure agreement. Okay, um, and, and, that, and, and that person is asking the estate to release her from. That is correct. The NDA Not, and the yeah. estate is saying no. So, which is yeah. never a. So, uh, I mean, that doesn't look never too a good. Great sign doesn't it, it, yeah. it doesn't yeah. exactly instill confidence and. Yeah. And what's going on here? And obviously, if there's three women, and in addition to the the one who started, you know, they they all said that they had uh, they they had no reason to doubt that there might be other stories, and they hoped that by sharing these, there might be then some other woman who women who might be willing to come forward. I'm not aware of any allegations or proof they have of that, but that was their stated desire in sharing this story. Those type of NDAs enable predatory behavior. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. I think I just I, I know for me just. I just want to say, just if there's any ladies that are listening to this, um, just as a man, like we have, we have failed you guys. Like just, we just really, we really have not, we have not as men been what we have need, needed to be. And I think it's because like when we look at today's culture it's all about me 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 i i i and when you look in the scriptures at what godly men look like they were self-sacrificial it wasn't about what can you know what can a woman do for me or what can anyone do for me it was they were people that were serving other people's and, and and i think just in general i think that the church has forgotten that that is the point of the church is serve 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 that's the that's the point of being a leader is to serve it's it's i want to be able to serve you and i think men have lost that because we live in this this instant microwave let me get instant satisfaction where they can you can objectify women on your 
phone with pornography and it's just in your face all the time and 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 it's in our face because men enjoy that and i'm just i want to say just like just as a man i know i just want to say yo we are sorry we have failed you ladies and and guys we have to hold one another accountable like in my mind now obviously ravi's gone but let's take ravi off the plate and just say with any of these scandals it's like is there not a group of men that are able to say bro you are tripping and either you sit down or we're gonna sit you down like where are those guys at i know rob you know i know these guys are rich but is there anybody in your corner that's gonna say man you need to sit down before it becomes scandal like yo dude Mm -hmm. what's going like that's what accountability is i think we're missing that man and we we got to get back on track for real one of the things that i i go to a a retreat every year a couple times a year sometimes uh for it's primarily meant for pastors but it's you know christian leaders and it's because so many are like you know uh (laughs) <laughs> going down in flames, I mean, whether they're burning out or yeah. moral failings or whatever. Sure. And it's meant to just like offer a space of, for connection and reconnection and, you know, pour into these guys because nobody pours into them. One of the through lines through this is, is isolation. Mm-hmm. And, and Ravi, the article about Ravi, it literally said the sentence, he had no friends. Mm. Oh my and, Lord. I think that's so many Christian leaders is the isolation, no friends, no accountability, nobody to do life with. If you read this article, some of the manipulation that he would use was talking about the pressures, the isolation, Mm -hmm. like the burden he has to carry. He wishes he could be free from it. He wishes he could just be a normal person in a normal life. And so he's trying to get the empathy, but that is actually probably a true thing that he was feeling like he felt trapped. So, so in feeling trapped, he turns to, or things can come into the scene that are escapes or a dual life starts happening. And then they feel trapped in the dual life and they don't have anybody they can talk to because I mean, to be frank, what Jesse was talking about is, is, is actually true. If any of these guys who are struggling with sexual sin were to come clean in accountability, they would be removed from their position and they would lose their jobs. And so therefore they are professional Christians and they would lose everything if they were honest. And so they're trapped and it perpetuates the cycle and they never get freed from it until they get caught. And that is something that I don't know what the answer is to that. Well, because well, like, I, I Go ahead. I mean, I mean, it's a trap that they laid themselves. He yes, ran yes, a ministry. Yes, he, yes. he called Ravi Zacharias ministry. Yes, yes, yes. It's like, look, look, dude, if you don't want to be isolated and act like you, you can't have any friends, then maybe don't own a ministry that pays how however much he's worth it, at any point. $396,000 a year. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, I I have no empathy. Like, well, guess what, but, dude? You wanted to live a normal life? Then resign and work a normal job. Don't run a giant ministry that you have your name on. Like, for a guy like him to propose that he's the victim because he set himself up to be isolated, if, right? If like, I can push no one back, forced him. If I could push back on that a little bit. Now, first off, especially I just apologize. Let me make it sure that if if... Those things are true about Ravi. There's zero excuse. But I think the concept of, um, you know, hey, you did this ministry, you put your name on it, you're a celebrity. Most of us, from a person that has a, a large platform, I literally had no clue what I was getting into. Like, I, like all I know, I know with me, when I first started rapping, I just wanted to rap for as many people as possible. I didn't know the implications of it is if if I tweet anything, 
I'm going to have several different people groups that, and at first it feels manageable, right? You're just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, this is, but after a while, it just becomes one of those things where you're like, and then it comes one of those things where it's exhausting. But then if you couple that with one bad decision gets rid of everything, then what happens is you start hiding the one bad decision that might not be that might not be devastating. But as you hide that one bad decision, you hide another and then another and then another and it's then another. A double, and it a becomes a double lifestyle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then yeah. what winds up winds up happening is you lose control of yourself. And because Christians have created this superhero complex for men, like we don't we, like we do not expect men to have problems. Most of y'all's pastors, if they could be real with y'all, they'd lose their whole churches. If they were just like, if they were to tell you like, yeah, I'm struggling with pornography, alcohol addiction, I'm struggling with, with homosexual tendencies or whatever. If they had any of those things, they would lose their congregation. Not if they said we did anything. It's just like, yo, I'm struggling with this. I'm fighting it with all my heart because Christians expect leaders to be God when they, when they're not God, then they fall. So what winds up happening is, is they they begin to hide the little foxes and those little foxes begin to turn into big lions. And then you have crazy fallout. 73% of pastors have answered in a private survey that they uh, are addicted to pornography. 70. Se- 73. Yeah. 73. Yeah. Yeah. But I think too, like... Derek and Jesse, I'm hearing what both of you guys are saying. And I also think that we have created this culture that says, like you said, Derek, like you're God and you can't mess up because you've got to lead us and tell us what to do. Uh, But also, I think on the flip side of that, um, I think that if you're like you said, a a lot of your pastors, if they were to tell you what they're struggling with, they would lose their jobs. But I think we should be a part of churches and communities and friends where we have this ability to say, here's what I'm struggling with. And someone says, "Okay, cool. How are we going to deal with this? How are we going to fight this? How are we going to walk forward with this? You're not disqualified for ministry because you're struggling with something like then nobody gets to be a minister. Like nobody gets to be a minister of the gospel if you're disqualified because you struggle. But the problem comes when you don't have anybody you can tell your struggle about. That's where the problem is. And whether Ravi set that up for himself or not, and he created that bubble or, well, I guess he created it or maybe he felt like he got in the bubble. He didn't know how to get out. That's sad too. Like I, I I do, I'll say, but what I'm saying is what I want people, what I want people to know, because I know we can take a clip and flip everything. I want this to go on record that I do believe there are certain places of trust that if they're broken, just for the sake of trust, there's just no way. I, I don't know how, a, a person that has been a sexual predator is yeah. going to be able to lead people because intimacy is a level. What, but what I am saying is the only thing, I, so I wasn't pushing back against that. What I was pushing back against was, Hey, you knew what you signed up for. And the idea yeah. is I'm like, nah, I don't think a lot of us really don't know. And it's until you're on that mountaintop by yourself that you're like, Whoa, I've and, gone and, way too far. And, and I get that. And I think there should be uh, avenues for people who are struggling to get help. But, I, but I do think there are hard lines that if are crossed, like if I'm a lawyer and I'm, dis- yes, and I'm disbarred. Absolutely. I, I am unable to practice, to practice law. Yes, if I, like I said, if I'm if I'm in finance and I commit fraud, I'm likely never going to work in finance anymore. No, if I'm a, like a sports referee and I'm point shaving, mm-hmm. I'm likely never going to be able to do that profession again. This isn't. Yeah. And, and I'm not. I'm not trying to sound graceless, but I do think. No, I agree. There, there are certain hard lines that professionally there needs to be some sort of standard that says, okay. 
you know what it, it once kind of in uh uh you, you know there's been like in the, in the civil courts or criminal courts mm-hmm. or, or whatever once that restitution and that's been decided okay now you have to do something else professionally because yeah. that's how every other job works you know what yeah. i mean like if you're a journalist i mean tyler can attest to this and you're caught plagiarizing your career in journalism is over that doesn't mean yeah. you can't go do something else but you cross a hard line that professionally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's no coming back from yeah. and that's unfortunate yeah. but but that's just how every other profession works every other profession has those lines and it seems right. like you know but the sad thing about this, if these allegations are true, Robbie didn't screw up for the first time when he touched someone's, you know, in a, touched someone inappropriately. There were a thousand steps before he got there, Absolutely. which is where that is where that community and be able to talk and have friends. That's where that stuff is worked out. You know, once you've crossed the line, you've crossed the yes. line. You're right. You, you don't you don't you don't get to go back. But yeah. there were a thousand steps before that happened. Yeah. And that's why there needs to be, you know, I'll say for myself, I have three friends that they know pretty much everything about me. And I've noticed that for a lot of people, the further up they go, the more they begin to shed those friends. And I think that that, if I could tell anybody that is a rising artist, author, whatever you're doing, keep those same people that knew you before in your circle for forever because they're the ones that are gonna keep you grounded and it's like a safety net man like my friend like I got homies that have known me most of my adult life and if there were certain things that were off they they if they know that hey I knew you before the celebrity and the money bro you just Derek to me you not nobody else you little DJ so little DJ you need to get your stuff together right now you know what I mean so why did you start with that one that's <laughs> little. Hey, we should have got some like, politics, bro. Like, I'm, 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 hey, man, I wish you would have brought the politics, just, bro. Yeah, this is bring the politics. Man, my heart is hurt. I, yeah. I, this is my first time hearing this. I know. Like, I'm bro- I know. My heart is yeah. is hurting. It's a it's a hard one because I know he was important for a lot of people who are listening. And was, yeah. he came to my call when I was at Moody. He came many times and spoke to us. Uh, but, it's hard, but but it's also look a call for ministry is like, hey guys, this is serious. We got to do better. Yep. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this isn't yeah. just yep. kind of like throwing stones. This is like, guys, yep. this is serious, man. This keeps happening, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, and we keep believe, talking about this stuff. Something you know? I believe really deeply about this is uh, is that we we mind our own business too much when it comes to mm. this stuff. If you, especially guys out there, if you have a friend who you, even if you don't know what it is, but you feel like something is off, you susp- you just got to, and, and there was somebody in this article uh, who worked with Ravi at these spas. He did not speak to CT about this, but they obtained some screenshots of texts where he did admit that he had a sense that something bad was happening there. Didn't say anything about it. Uh, if mm. that's you about somebody, say something. You, you mm, we you meddle in somebody else's business. Don't be. Don't let your fear of putting your nose where it doesn't belong get in the way of you helping keep people accountable. Because if this guy had gone to Ravi, a lot of innocent women probably would have been protected and may have may not have been hurt. Uh, and instead, they didn't. It's better to lose your job for something honorable than to to keep your job and go along and get along while something awful is happening. Like I, yeah. I I'd be fine with losing my job. And having to go put applications in because I did what's right, you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's important. The next story is sort of a. It's a little bit of a bomb to that one. It, it's a. It's a counterweight. It's a. Bom- it's a good bom- example. B O M B or B A L L M. I'm not going to blow the whole thing up. Thank you. I think this is an example of a of a man actually doing doing right 
uh, by a woman that he worked with. Uh, this is a story that was told by the actress Sienna Miller. Uh, Sienna Miller's last role that she had in film was with Chadwick Boseman in 21 Bridges. And she went to Empire Magazine to tell a story that she had not told before uh, about how he dipped into his own paycheck, his own his own pay, to make sure that she had equal pay with him on this movie. This is a, this is her quote here. Mm. She said, uh, I, she said she hadn't told the story yet, but I am going to tell it because I think it's a testament to who he was. This was a big budget film, and I know that everybody understands about pay disparity in Hollywood, but I asked for a number that the studio wouldn't get to. And because I was already hesitant to go back to work and my daughter was starting school and it was an inconvenient time, I just said, I'll do it if I'm compensated in the right way. And Chadwick ended up donating his own salary to get me to the number that I had asked for. He said that was what I deserved to be paid. It's it's just unfathomable to imagine another man in that town behaving that graciously or respectfully. In the aftermath of this, I've told other male actor friends of mine that story, and they all go very, very quiet and go home and probably have to sit and think about things for a while. Uh, she said he didn't want the story to be told. He didn't demonstrate any showiness about it, but he approached her with a tone of respect that said, of course, I'll get you to that number because that's what you should be paid. Um so that's the whole story. And, and man, what a story, especially when you get into her, you know, I'm sure we're all very well aware of the pay gap that takes place in Hollywood and, and everywhere else and in every other industry. But, uh, but another reminder that this wasn't, ju- he wasn't just a good actor. This was a stand up guy. That man was a freaking saint. Like, oh that's my God. That's a good follow up story, Tyler. She's my Tyler. real life superhero. No lie. Yeah. Hey, next time, Tyler, next time let's lead with that. <laughs> Tyler just Tyler just dropped us off the cliff and then just <laughs> he and then there was a Santa, tiny parachute he told us Santa Claus died and then uh, <laughs> just left us out there with it like Lord. oh god not a whole, I don't know there's a whole lot there but it's a good but I but it is a good story and it's and it's something as as uh, I think there's a lot of longer drinks coming out to Chadwick now uh uh, that it, uh, after he passed away, obviously about a month ago, and I think we do forget that this is the sort of stuff that it takes to raise the. You, you can't just wait for the system to change. You know, you can't just right. be like, "Oh, yeah. women got it tough out there," and and exp- that's not how it takes. These kinds of decisions, these th- these mm-hmm. sacrifices on the parts of people who have uh, a little more notoriety, a little more power, uh, and Bozeman clearly understood his role in all of this, and it's super cool that he was able to do that. And it's something that, um, n- not to that level, we're probably talking uh, uh, about millions of dollars in that case, but that is something that is available to to all men uh, who are working in a professional industry mm-hmm. is is that sort of sacrifice and that sort of attention to and that sort of respect, honestly for the women they work with. Um, the last story, and this is kind of, I'll be interested to get your thoughts on this. It's, it's uh, interesting. I'm very nervous <laughs> right now. You could have said, yeah, I'm interested to get your thoughts out of this. This could go either way right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is, well, it could go either way. You, you got to put your thinking caps on for this one, uh, okay. for this study. Uh, this is a, this is a new study from a place called the Fetzer Institute, which has funded this, uh, this analysis, uh, a study called what does spirituality mean to us 
uh, which is just trying to figure out kind of what, what do we mean by the word spiritual as Americans? What does that word mean to these people? And what sort of effect does it have on our lives? Um, mm. And one thing they found, the headline that they found in this study is that people who say they're highly spiritual are more likely to be civic minded and want to make a difference in their local communities. Uh, the more these people identify their spirituality as some sort of connection, whether that's connection to God or just to a higher power or even just kind of a general spiritual idea of being connected to humanity, uh, that makes them more likely to be very active in their communities by volunteering, by donating, and uh, and yeah, even by, by voting. Uh, what the professor of sociology who helped with the study named Omar McRoberts said is, what the Fetzer study has uncovered is how much people are talking about connection when they talk about spirituality, connection between the inner and outer world and with others in community. Spirituality is not just a solipsistic endeavor, but it's about the individual experience or elevation. So, do you think, are you surprised to find that people who say they're highly spiritual are more interested in being active and making a difference locally in their community? Because I don't know that I would have assumed that was the case. I mean, you've been bringing stats lately that are surveys that, you know, Christians are don't want to see racial justice. They don't want to speak up for, I, so it, it does surprise me. This seems like contrary to some of the other recent surveys that you've been reporting on. So not I really yeah. to hear it. Yeah. I don't think so. I was going to say the nuance of that is, uh, there's a little nuance there because a lot of Christians wouldn't consider themselves spiritual. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's a, like when that would you, be like kind of like new age. That would be type new agey. Yeah. That would be mm-hmm. a little too abstract. Like most Christians would be like, no, I'm a Bible believing. Like it's, I don't do it's yoga. more thought. Right. I can't do yoga. No. That's that weird <laughs> spiritual stuff. So now I, don't, I actually like at first I was thinking that, but then I'm like, I don't know. Like a lot of times if someone says I'm a spiritual person. I've never, I haven't really heard many Christians, especially conservative Christians say, well, you know, hey, I love the Lord. I'm a spiritual person. I've never, I haven't heard that. Yeah, much. that's probably true. You're, yeah. you're jumping ahead of me, but you're, but, but Derek, see, Derek paid attention. He had the thinking cap on. He was like, listen. So this is what this study also found. The distinction between spirituality and religion is a new topic of study. Researchers are still wrapping their heads around what people mean when they use one word over the other. But in this case, 70% of the respondents consider themselves to be be both spiritual and religious, all right? Just 16% say they are only spiritual and not religious, and only 3% say they're only religious but not spiritual. Um, so there is, people do have a distinction between the idea of being religious and spiritual in their minds, and uh, there's a there's more people who are willing to say, I'm spiritual but not religious than obviously, I don't think many people would say uh, the idea of being religious but not at all spiritual. Right. I don't know what that means. You right. know, I don't, right. there is, right. but there are people who say that. And, and, and I think because like the biggest group that a lot of people, especially in the West or in in America, kind of uh, think of as religious, are probably you know evangelicals to kind of a weird of a term these days, but like Protestant Christians, you know, maybe. But even mm-hmm. we have some, you know, some people in our our like neighborhood community that we hang out with a lot who are who are Catholic. And I mean, the, at the beginning of like COVID, they were organizing food drives to drive to to get food to the hospitals so that you know the 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 people who are working overnight shifts would would be well fed. They were they constantly are doing things in the community unaffiliated with their church, but just because they have this impulse to help people in the community that I feel like 
and, and I, there's probably a lot of interesting reasons for this, Tyler. I, I almost feel like this could be, um, this is more anecdotal than anything, but I do feel like a lot of people who are maybe more Protestant Christians relegate community service to things that are going that their church are doing you know like oh i i, I, I help out because i did i went to the uh you know the holy ghost weenie roast and brought all these people that didn't get <laughs> you, candy or whatever, you know what i mean or whatever i mean there's a lot of other kind of community service type of things but a lot of people kind of like i think it's easy Wait, when you you're count, involved. you count the harvest party and holy ghost weenie roast as, a, as community I service i mean they, they have someone like, has to pass out the candy t- yeah exactly <laughs> i mean hey they're not charging for the weenies there <laughs> so, so if i go down to my I mean, local if i go down to my church's local hell house on october 31st, <laughs> they're doing plenty they are doing plenty <laughs> <laughs> you, you tell me how many free hay rides those kids went on and around the church parking lot two times for the harvest party <laughs> that is, if, that's, if, if, if a holy ghost hayride is not a service to the community then you tell me what is <laughs> the, the final the final take from this here is uh is, and this comes from the, the the director of the fetcher institute is the more someone is spiritual the more they aspire to be spiritual uh being spiritual seems like it's for many people part of a never-ending search and journey that deepens for people over time. So you, very rarely do people go from considering themselves to be kind of spiritual to not spiritual. Instead, it, it fosters an ongoing hunger, which I think probably is not super surprising, but is very affirming and kind of beautiful the, to think of. Uh, the more you, as you, uh, the, it's a journey that, that continues to go inwards and upwards the longer you're a part of it. I, that's interesting to kind of rectify that kind of takeaway with, you know, the migration of a lot of people who grew up in the faith, leaving the faith as they get in their twenties and thirties. Yeah. I mean, they still have a spiritual longing, but I mean, my just kind of like eyeball test is that the people who like walk away from Christianity walk away, you know, they just, Mm. they they don't like then like grow more spiritual. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just kind of say, not for me. Thanks. I wonder what they would say, but do you think they would say they move from Christianity to atheism or they move from Christianity to a, like kind of a broader spirit sense of spirituality? I I don't know the stats on that. I'm sure they're they're out there, but yeah, I I mean, I just, you, you, the statement was made that, if somebody's spiritual, they grow to be more spiritual. And mm-hmm. I'm like going, I saw people who are on fire for God in college who haven't even thought about anything in the spirit realm at all. Now, yeah, five, 10 true. years later, you know what I mean? So yeah. I got, I got two homies right now that have pretty much said they're done with Christianity. And mm-hmm. what I've noticed with, the, with those two is an uptick in spirituality in the sense of, it becomes one of them. Like I think with Christianity, what it Christianity puts a lot of yeses where there's maybes, and a lot of noes where there's maybes or I don't knows. So for these people, there were certain things that they just couldn't get over. How the and not Christianity, the true faith, but a lot of how Christians act today, which you know they have all of these hard lines and. These guys were like, yo, I just I don't know anything about spirituality, but I know that that isn't the method that or that isn't the thing that serves me best. So, man, I got now nah, them cats is like they out there spiritually. Um, so I, I don't know. Just, but, I guess but the question is, they are they still pursuing spirituality? Are they looking yes. for other places to yes. make sense of it all? 
Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, I've just they, seen a lot of people just kind of like go, nah, not for me. And they just kind of like live in the now. Whatever. They don't yeah. like, yeah. you know. What, what I've seen is... It, what I've seen is people I'm talking about like so they they don't but what what usually happens is hard to see because they don't really those who haven't joined an organized religion so they didn't say I'm jumping from Christianity to Islam or to Buddhism Mm -hmm. it's just I'm on a spiritual journey I have zero clue where it's going and I'm just trying things now and I'm curious but I'm curious are they just kind of like shunning the rules and regulations of American evangelicalism or I mean, are they like reading books about other spiritual practices? Are they actually pursuing it or are they yeah. just saying that they're pursuing it? No, okay, no, no. These, these dudes are the, and when I say, when I say these dudes were on fire Christians, like they were on fire. And, but after a while it just for them, like it's definitely, they're definitely on a different spiritual journey. It's not, there's certain people that I'm, that I'm like, ah, I think you're just looking at Facebook memes and getting spirituality off of that. Shit. These dudes are like, nah, different. It's like gung ho for it. So I, I don't know, you know. Interesting. I don't know. But, but but I do I do think it's interesting a link between like altruism and spirituality, right? Mm-hmm. Because like I think anyone who's done something kind for someone else, that feeling you get in return, I think is transcendent than emotion and it's certainly transcendent than intellect because like intellectually that you know the, the the spiritual impulses often don't make sense like why should i give my money away to somebody else like mm-hmm. i can't reason through that but when you when you when you do something like that whether it's monetary or not whether you're just you know act of kindness i don't necessarily that feeling that you feel i don't know if that's emotion mm-hmm. i really feel like that is uh, you know, helping other people is a spiritual impulse. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really believe that. And I think even if you don't know what to attach that to theologically or, 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 or you know, religiously, I do think there is a link there that's really interesting that we don't fully understand. But we're, I do believe we're spiritual beings and the imp, and, but, but as, as we, you know, a lot of Christians theologically believe the flesh and the spirit are constantly in this tension because they, they have different objectives. You know, the flesh, always wants enough for itself and and always wants to you know literally literally more where when you do something that gives of yourself i think that 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 sense that you get like i said i feel like that is a spiritual one and so that for people who consider themselves spiritual but maybe don't know what to attach those impulses to religiously i don't necessarily think that's at that point a bad thing i think the the more they nurture that spiritual impulse the more it enables them to be open to spiritual truths you know did we just become the liturgist <laughs> shout out to the homies hey shout out to the homies hey hey I, I rock with them i rock with them shout out all right well thanks tyler for more what's their of- take on hay rides though <laughs> <laughs> is it a community service or is it not uh for more of what we're covering every day at relevant go check out relevantmagazine.com follow us on twitter at Relevant and on Instagram and Facebook as well. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, everybody. All right, stay tuned. Up next, Andy Minio joins us.
You're listening to One Republic, ORU's own One Republic. The song is Wildlife, which we did not have at ORU. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, Andy Minio is a New York native. He's a producer, hip-hop artist with Reach Records. And while he makes music that we love, uh, he also carries his creativity through to producing and directing many of his own music videos. He's an all-around prolific creative artist. I love following him on Instagram, all the stuff he's posting. Our very own Tyler Huckabee sat down with Andy this week to talk about his new music and keeping up his mental health this year. Here's our conversation with Andy yeah. Minio. Coming in hot, coming in hot. Just like the fajita. Like I write what I live. Write what I live. My life in the speaker. I'm nice with the flow. Nice with the Just like the demeanor. I'm feeding my fam. I'm feeding the meter. Uh, they got the iron while I got the steamer. I bring the fire, but you never seen her. I testify, I don't need a subpoena. They want my soul better go to Korea. I love my dog just like I'm Peter. Gotta protect them. I made the call up, but just like I'm reffing. I know we left you, now we back together. But I okay, so uh, earlier on you mentioned that, uh, that you've been working out a lot in quarantine, that you've gotten on a pretty good rhythm. Do you have any advice for people who are like, <laughs> I want to work out, I want to be disciplined about that, but I just I just keep falling off the wagon. Uh, well, what are your What are some tricks of the trade for you? You know, I was just at this guy's house. He's like super successful guys made like bajillions of dollars. Right. And um, when I was hanging out with him this weekend, he ended up he was like, hey, every day I need to train for three hours. Mind you, he's 52 years old. And he's like, I need to train for three hours a day because I have a triathlon coming up. And I was like, a triathlon? I was like, what are you going to do? He's like, I got to swim 26 miles. I got a bike 200 miles or so, you know, telling me all these things. And I just like, I'm like, why, why do you have this built into your life? And but basically what he was saying to me is I like to keep s- tension in my life because it forces me to grow. It's like something is already set in place. I signed up for it. So I'm already in now. I just got to do the work every day to get there. And so he builds these things into his life that force him to show up and do something. So I got like 10 friends on zoom call every day working out with me. So it's like no big deal is in there. RG, Michael, there's like, you know, there's about 10 of us in there. We just, we have a good time and they, you know, they're expecting me to be there to lead it as well. So I think when you add stuff like that into your routines, like, Hey, I'll meet you at the gym at 9am or, or, or I'll meet you on the zoom call it forces you to show up. You know, it's like I lead this uh, Bible study on Monday nights and sometimes we'll go through a book of the Bible. Sometimes we'll go through just a regular book, but it it forces me to read a chapter of a book every single week before that thing, because I know I don't want to sit across from these people and look like a schmuck, you know? Um, So if there's any way you can like, like trick yourself or like force yourself into having to show up, that I think is is something that's super helpful. What are we doing? If we ain't moving, keeping it moving. Like, what are we doing? If we ain't moving, keeping it groovy. Yeah. Uh, hey, 
Just stepped off a plane Never hopped in a range I hopped in a Uber Drink straight to the stage But I stopped at a break Big Betty like Buddha Metabolism slam down But the bars ain't Go hard but the flow so blase From the east to the west So you were telling me That after working out You lead over Zoom At a time of meditation With everybody What does meditation look like for you? A lot of times we'll focus on gratitude, you know, try to find a moment or a memory or an experience or a person where we experience a ton of gratitude and gratefulness for life or the experiences we have. And we run through a few of those usually and hold on to them, try to enter back into the those feelings. And what it ends up doing, man, it just kind of primes your day, you know, to experiencing things through the lens of gratitude. Um, a lot of times, like, honestly, I just be led like a scripture or, or a verse or something will come to mind, like facing fears, <laughs> you know, sometimes we'll read Psalm 23 together. Sometimes, sometimes it's allowing ourselves to think about the thing that's bringing on fear and anxiety and, and like, let it into our space, look at it, observe it, realize it can't hurt us, let it go. So it's, you know, it's a lot of uh, different things. And I just, uh, I just kind of go where I feel led in that and then some weeks i'll let the, the 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 group lead you know and they'll come to the table with something so it's cool man not my mama not my daddy not my uncle but it's me a lot looking at me like i'm crazy and i'm crazy and it's me a lot like i'm stuck up in the matrix and i'm feeling like i'm me a lot standing in the need of prayer standing in the need of prayer I was young, I was dumb, then I got older, still dumb, the only difference is that now I know it, when I'm a grumpy old man, I'ma love it, I say all the things I really wanna say without the repercussions, some people push my buttons, say wild things in public, they like I really appreciate this idea of gratitude, obviously, um, but uh, I think a lot of people will relate to me when I say that sometimes when you look around at the news, it's hard to find things to be thankful for. How do you balance a spirit of gratitude with an awareness that the world has a lot of difficult things happening in it right now? Yeah, I don't think um, gratitude is uh, like will like exercising the act of like focusing on things you're grateful for doesn't exclude um, the reality of like what's happening in the world too, you know? You can have both. And, and um, I think you especially need that when you come against, you know, some some difficult things happening in our world right now. So, um, yeah, I just I've also realized this, man, there's like a certain level of health for each person to remain healthy. That requires them a certain level of distance from really heavy and dark and negative news and information. Uh, because it seems like there's a never-ending supply of that. And so I have friends, like we have a group chat with just a whole bunch of guys, you know, Derek Miner and Propaganda and Lecrae. And I, like everybody's in there. And the homie, you know, and it just sometimes it'll be like, did you see this thing and this thing and this thing? And we'll enter in and sometimes the guys in there just be like, man, I just got to take a break from it or else I will like wind up in a depression, you know? And it doesn't mean that you don't care about those things. It means like, I'm no help to anybody else if I'm not even healthy myself. And I think we all have limits, you know, that um, we have to like respect boundaries. We have to respect about ourselves and our own mental health. Um, 
to keep that healthy to even be able to fight a good fight. You know what I'm saying? It's like that passage in scripture says like love others the way you love yourself. It's like you have to love yourself first. Like there's a level of self-understanding, self-love before you can give it to anybody else. So that's kind of how I view it, man. Let me ask again, who really love you? Enough to hug you and tell you when you acting like a sucker and never judge you. That's not rhetorical. Give a call to whoever that is. Say thanks for everything that they did. Life is fragile. We here for a blink and an end. The definition of family the same for the friends. The loyalty thicker than the blood that's under your skin. Them honest moments. <laughs> How often do we have real one? Can I have one? Going public with a highlight. How have things been for you creatively while in quarantine? For the last year, I've just been working on new music. I got some of my favorite music I've ever made, um, some of the best music I've ever made. Um, and so basically, we had a couple songs that we were like, all right, these aren't going to make the album, so let's just put them together and like put these out just to feed some people something. And we, we were initially going to do it in like July, but everything was happening with um, uh, George Floyd. And so we decided to just like pull back and not release anything. Cause we were like, we don't want to be in the middle of this moment, like raising our hand, like pay attention to us, you know? So we just ended up canning. It was two songs. We were just like, all right, let's can it. And as we were going on, it ended up being seven songs. So it's like, all right, well, here's this offering of seven songs for 2020. And uh, I called it Happy Thoughts. And uh, basically, you know, I'm making Neverland 2. That's the project I'm making. And um, I was like, all right, this is uh, like a holdover to Neverland 2. So, you know, Happy Thoughts were the thing you had to find to learn how to fly in, in the movie of uh, Peter Pan, you know, or Hook. It's like, I found my happy thought. I can fly now. So I was like, here, these are happy thoughts. And I think it also just coincides with what's happening. It's like, 2020 has been a heavy year, so here are some happy thoughts. So once a week, we started it like two weeks ago. Once a week, every Wednesday, I'm just dropping some sort of piece of delightful content. And uh, a lot of it was based around my trip to Japan last year that I took with my friends. Uh, so Minor League, the the collective that I'm, I'm, I run and I'm a part of, um, we take like a company trip every year uh, to go do something to find inspiration. Last year we went to Japan and that inspired our whole like merch collection with like the Japanese minor M and all the merch we just dropped. And so this whole theme is like, hey, this was a happier time when we were traveling, we went to Japan. So all of the music and the content, the first song Shibuya Roll Call was shot. The video was shot over there in Japan. Um, so that's been kind of like our rollout and our theme right now. And yeah, I'm just dropping stuff all the way up to, what is it, November 11th, the whole project will come out. But you'll get content one thing a week from me for the next few weeks. If you got a dream, don't sleep on it. If you got a dream, don't sleep. Yeah, if you got a dream, don't sleep on it. If you got a dream, don't sleep, don't sleep. Yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it. What you waiting on? You can do it, yeah, do it, do it. What you waiting on? My name is Words. Last name is Blade. He kind of strange. That was Andy Minio. Check out his new EP, Happy Thoughts. Comes out November 11th. Can I believe you? 
You're listening to Fleet Foxes. The song is Can I Believe You? Well, thanks to Andy Minio for joining us. You can follow him on Instagram at Andy Minio, M-I-N-E-O. It's a good follow. You should do it. Hey, and while you're online following people on Instagram, go over to relevantmagazine.com. Check out the all new site. We're adding stuff every week, uh, including this week, we launched a new fall article series about wellness, uh, holistic wellness, health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. We're running it all through uh, the fall. It kicked off yesterday. Go check it out at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, check out the September, October issue of Relevant. Uh, we have Maverick City Music on the cover. We have a um, bunch of great stuff. Ava Brothers and Jordan Lee Dooley and a lot more. Go check out new September, October issue of Relevant Magazine available now at relevantmagazine.com. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. And we're the liturgists. See you on <laughs> Tuesday. Have a good weekend, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com If a Holy Ghost Hayride is not a service to the community, then you tell me what is. Relevant Podcast Network.